From savannahnow.com, I'm Adam Van Brimmer, and this is The Commute. On today's episode, Savannah political icon Edna Jackson won election to the Georgia House on Tuesday, claiming 53% of the vote in a five-candidate field. She celebrated her victory by buying new tires for her car, prepping to make the frequent drives to Atlanta to serve at the Georgia Capitol. Representative-elect Jackson joins today's commute to talk about her return to elected office and what to expect from her in the Georgia General Assembly. Today is Thursday, November the 4th, and this is a commute podcast presented by National Office Systems. Along with the interview with Edna Jackson, today's episode will feature an election day recap with the two journalists who led the Savannah Morning News' coverage, Will Peebles and Nancy Kwan. But as I mentioned just a second ago, this podcast is blessed with a sponsor, National Office Systems, and I need to take a minute to tell you a little bit about them. If you are a regular listener to The Commute, you know about Scott Center and his team over at National Office Systems and how they are Savannah's experts in office design and outfitting. They work with top quality suppliers such as Dirt Modular Interiors and Herman Miller Office Furniture to create comfortable and productive workspaces. Learn more by visiting www.natoffsys.com. That's N-A-T-O-F-F-S-Y-S.com. Now, here's the interview with State Representative Edna Jackson. So joined for the first time by representatives, Edna Jackson. <laughs> and and Edna, you're, it, you, you don't know how hard it is for me because, as you know, I usually call you Madam Mayor. And now uh-huh. I'm going to have to call you Madam Representative. So that's going to be a, a big adjustment for me. Well, but you know what, Adam? It, titles are, are really, I have a whole lot of titles. <laughs> or a whole lot of this and a whole lot. Of, but, you know... My name is just important, Edna Branch Jackson. And so if somebody calls me Edna, you know, I, that's fine. Now, if they call me by my middle name, that <laughs> they have do, they have known me for a long, long time. But yeah. I, I just think that titles are proper, are proper in certain settings. But in a social setting, your name is just as important. There you go. Well, Edna... <laughs> Let's talk about before we talk about the win and we talk about what's coming next. Uh, you hadn't campaigned in four or five years. Kind of talk about the whole process of of running this campaign and, and what was it fun again? Was it painful again? What what was your whole impressions as you look back? It was fun. I don't even think I've ever had a campaign that was painful, even when I lost, because campaigns are supposed to be exciting. And I had a very good team led by uh, Ann Westbrook and Miriam Sharp and Marcelo. A steward and many, 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 many people that brought so much to the table. And then I brought my, oh, and Lord, I cannot forget Dave Simons. Mm-hmm. They brought a whole lot. I remember the time when we, I would be running one campaign and he was running another, you know, and we'd be on opposite sides, but that that's okay. Mm-hmm. But I, my, my crowd, my class, my sorority, members from the sorority, and also, well, when I say my class, it was Mickey's class as well, and other classes from 
older classes from Beach High School, you know, and it's just so many people that call and say, I want to be involved. I want, can I help you this? What can I do? So it showed me that people were really interested in me running. And I'm glad I did because I am uplifted and very excited, you know, and, and, and even what I've gotten from some of the people that are in the office that are already in Atlanta, it's a good feeling. So canvassing has always been something that was a strength of yours, but not to too, put too fine a point on it, but you're not a spring chicken anymore. But how was, how was canvassing? How was getting out and working the streets? Oh, excellent. Oh, I went all out. I went to Tybee. I went to East Savannah. I went to uh, Windsor Forest. You know, that's the art, part of the art of the game is the making the contacts. Ministers are very important. I never get involved in a campaign without pulling the ministers because prayer goes a long way. And they they were there uh, for me, my bishop, uh, Bishop Jackson of the AME Church. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he sent out something. You have to look at the people that are committed and got involved. So we did it the old time way in some ways, but we didn't use it all. You never pull out everything. That's right. That's right. So 53%, it was a five, it was a five candidate race. So there was a, a pretty good chance it was going to go to a runoff. Yes. When you saw 53% come in, which is more than enough to win a majority and avoid the runoff. Was that a relief or how, oh, what was it? your initial reaction? It was an exhaling event. <laughs> It really was, but the, my house was full of people, and we ha- we were having such fun, and they were uh, calculating the figures because sometimes the figures come in very slowly. Yep. So because they have to do the validation, I guess, of each of the boxes, but we had people that were assigned to go and get the numbers off of the doors of the voting boxes. So we were a little bit ahead of what some things that were coming in. And we knew if I was leading or falling behind or somebody was getting close to me. Right. Right. Which never happened. Yeah. That was not the case at all. <laughs> not the case at all. So I know we, we had a story in the paper that talked about, you know, you celebrated your victory by going out and buying new tires for your car because you're going to be driving I back. My tires, I, tires. I, I had them rotated. Rotated the tires. Yeah, okay. they rotated the tires. Well, I already messed up, but that's okay. That's okay but you did something with your car. So you're okay. ready to go. You're ready to go. I am ready to go. A, a week or so before I had it in to make sure they could check out the engine and all of that. You know, I just had a good feeling. Okay. I feel alive right? Oh, and I'm just enjoying myself and I just, I'm just ready to serve the people again. You know, you never stop. Even if you are not in public office, you're always a public. Well, I've always been a public servant and right. a true public servant. This people do not have to know out what you are doing, but you should have a commitment to the community. And I've always from a child on taught that that commitment shall always be ahead of anything else that you're doing, because it's not about me. It's about the results that you're giving to the people. That's what uh, uh, leadership is about. And that is what commitment is all about. 
So the Secretary of State's office is saying certification will come on or before next Tuesday, November the 9th. Of course, the General Assembly is in session now. They are in a special session that opened yesterday. So uh, I know that you're anxious to get up there and, and make your voice heard on redistricting. Once you get in there next Tuesday or hopefully next Tuesday, maybe maybe the next day. No, you bring it back. You, well, I, wish, I was hoping it was Monday. Well, okay. what it is, is that the from what I understand, the Senate committee is working mm-hmm. and getting. And then from there, the recommendations will go to, I guess, to the Senate and and to the, the letter, you know, yeah, to the House. So hopefully I'll get up there. I know that um, members of the delegation knows what I'm interested in, what we're, what we're interest, interested in, because there has been some gentrification in this area to make sure that we're holding together a very strong district and able to do those things that Mickey was interested in. One of them, of course, was the, our alma mater, uh, Savannah State uh, University. And I, yes, I am for keeping that in the district. But it's a very wide district. And I don't think people know. But then when you look at the map, you see that there had been some gerrymandering before. They cut into a street and cut a certain part out. Those are the kinds of things that have to be straightened out because once this happened, you know, the next step is that the county and the school boards right. and their lines are usually drawn around the same two yeah, and the city. areas yeah. and the city. So yeah. you have to look at that because you, you want to make sure that the, the, the representation is equal right. in, in numbers and that you want to be able to bring people together. My whole thing is all about bringing people together. As I told somebody earlier, one of the things that I've been able to do, even, even before I became an elected official, was to work with people across the aisle, because that's mm-hmm. what is most important. Uh, I'll tell you, can I tell you a little story? Fire away. Okay. Uh, I'll never forget, Regina was our older woman at the time. Regina Thomas. Yes, Regina yeah. Thomas. And she was in the well, and my I was on my way to North Carolina. She said, Edna, Edna, where are you? I said, I'm on my way. I'm not going out of town. She said, Call, call um, Eric. You got to call Eric now because Savannah State is on the line. Eric Johnson. Eric, Eric Johnson's Johnson. uh, leader right. in the Senate at the time. That's, That's right. Johnson. See, yeah. Regina was in the Senate too. Remember That's that? correct. Yeah. All Eric right. and Regina so were. I will never senators. forget. I picked up the phone. I called Eric because we needed him. And we hit a dead zone in South Carolina. And the phone went blank. So when I call him back, he said, I just want you to know, I'm not doing anything for Savannah State and blah, blah, blah. I said, Eric, I said, I know you. So he started laughing, of course. Yeah, he's pulling your eyes. Yeah, you know, Eric, and that's that's the thing about working across the aisle. After Eric came out of 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 the of of, of what he called politics, mm-hmm. uh, we uh, we headed up a fundraising the 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 gala for Savannah State, and that's what I'm talking about. When you see people working across the aisle, you're not my enemy, and that's the old time way. You know, even in the United States, House and and Senate. 
people may have done, John Barrow was good at this, may have been on one side and may have had a friend on in, you know, that were Republican. Look at Johnny Isaacson. I'll never forget him. Yeah. Yeah, here was Johnny Isaacson. We were working to save the bases when the BRAC was going down. And a group of mayors led by the mayor of um, Liberty Hinesville, mm-hmm. uh, Jim, uh, he wanted to, he put together a group of ministers. I mean, um, mayors Fires. that touched the base. And our thing was going to fight for you know, to keep our bases open. And you know, we had extra space, they could put some more people there. And then we thought about it. We needed to talk about um, the uh, um, uh, 165th, isn't that something? Yeah. You know? Yeah, the 165th, because, you know, they have those old C-130s and they're still flying, but they needed new airplanes. So we started adding things on. But Right after that, you know, we'd gone to meet um, with uh, our our senator, and he was so receiving and everything. And the next thing I knew, I get a call from Johnny Isaacson's office, and he came on the phone, phone, and he said, I want you to be with me uh, for the Obama. um, He was doing the State of the Union address. Mm-hmm. And it was such an honor to do that. That is what I'm talking about. When you make relationships and people know you, you're crossing the aisle. Right. So I know it's it's a long story to tell you, Adam, but those are the kinds of things that, that, that make you successful. Right. And that's going to be key starting next, starting in January when the, when the new session starts. Obviously, it's an election year, so it's probably going to be pretty polarizing. Are, are oh, there yeah. a couple of are there a couple of issues you really got your eye on for the yes. the twenty twenty two session? Yes, one is voter suppression. Mm-hmm. It is I saw right here in the city of Savannah, elderly people like could not vote because if the rules that they put in place, who can turn the ballot in, who could do this and who could do that, and and it the 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 verbiage to me was a little complicated, but I think they need to revisit that and make it easier. We had a process that Republicans had in place the last time, and now what they've done, they've destroyed that. So maybe we can revisit again and look at it and think about the elderly people, people who work, because we had the, the elite of cities put those beautiful boxes out there for early voting, all of those kinds of things. You're talking about the rights of the people. That's just one of the area. And don't get me talking about, now I was talking to some people last evening about senior citizens, talking okay. to someone in Atlanta. You know, you're talking about money uh, that is that we never got because we never asked for it. The governor didn't receive the money that could have helped our elderly people, our senior citizens, and so our people with the um, illnesses, the pharmacists, and prescription drugs. So it's about, you know, it is about the people. And I can go on and on now. You know, you have to tell me when I need to stop. But it's programs like that. And also the rights of women 
and their bodies. Okay. You know, this body. The heartbeat, so the heartbeat bell is what you're referring I, to. That's right. Let me tell you something. This body is old. But this body is mine. It belongs to me and my parents and everybody like that who made sure that I got here and it doesn't belong to the U.S. government and a group of people, mainly men, that want to make decisions about what we can do with our own body. Mm-hmm. And that's, what, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. It will be interesting to see if they if they basically copy and paste the, the language from the Texas bill. From the Texas group. And, and try to push that through. Uh, and override the heartbeat bill. It will that that will well, be know, an issue, I think, next year. Wait, well, you know, I spoke at the rally in in Forsyth Park against it, and you know, it is just something. They need there are other important things that need to be done. We need to talk about how can we build more affordable housing in areas where are people going where they used to live. They can't even afford a room. And and, and when I'm talking about our people, I'm not talking just about African-American. I'm talking about true Savannians. Yeah, socioeconomic versus race. All of of their lives. Another thing, you know, every time you say something, bring something to my mind. You know, you talk about salaries. We tried when I was mayor. We started, well, before I was mayor, under Otis and, and Floyd, we, we started moving the, the, the meter up to bring in higher increases in salaries. The United States government is saying, let's put it, uh, and the president is saying, 15, you know, $15 an hour. Let me tell you, 15 hours. When I I have gone to places where people are working two and three jobs just to survive, just to survive. And you think about it. We have all those ships sitting out everywhere all over the United States. Let's put some people to work. Let's put our young people into training programs. Let's talk about getting the guns off the street. I guess I want to do everything. I can't. You got an agenda there, don't you? I have an agenda (laughs) and I can't do it all, but I can raise the question. And you know what? Things that are not just affecting Savannah and Chatham County, it is throughout Georgia. And we should be the premier state among all of the other states. You know, we're the, and Savannah, we're the first. So we have always set the trends. I know they talk about Atlanta, but Savannah, the first, was known for setting in Chatham County. Let me say Chatham County, setting the trends. We've always been known as the, the state of Chatham. Y'all remember, do you remember that? Were you here then? Oh, yeah. All right. So, and you know why that was? Because all of the municipality could come together and make do some things. I will never forget. I will never forget when the mayors of all the municipalities, we were getting ready for SPLOS, Mm -hmm. and they asked me if I would be the spokesperson to negotiate the SPLOS for everyone. Well, you know, the county was shocked because they were used to doing it individually. Mm-hmm. And I made a commitment to them. If I can't get you a certain percentage, then 
we're going to have another battle. And we were able to do what we asked. You know, that's that's what you're talking about. People don't know what you're doing. And what I'm saying now is think about why I'm going up there. I've done a whole lot here and I'm not tooting my own horn because there are a lot of things that I don't know being at that level. I think I know a lot of it, but I don't. But my outreach and my ability to learn and to listen for with from others is going to really help me. Right. My last question for you is one that you addressed in a story that I referenced earlier. And okay. that is that is your future beyond 2022. About a month ago, you said, I, I, I want to win and finish out the term and then I'm done. And then you talked to Will yesterday and said, well, some other people have talked to me and I'm not so sure I won't run again. Can you kind of tell us your, your thought process in terms of your career beyond the end of next year, beyond the end of the term that you just won to fill out? Adam, I am on a natural high at this point, <laughs> a natural high. And it's real natural because I don't, you know, I don't, I, I don't have any stuff around here. You don't have any vices, huh? Yeah, I got some in the house, but not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when I first, when I said first was asked to run by Al, uh, Al Scott, you know, I said, whoa, why would I do that? You know, and I thought about it, but he knew I knew about reapportionment. Right, right. I tried to find somebody. And I really wish that had the, had it been a couple of more months, the governor really could have appointed somebody. But, you know, only God knows mm-hmm. that the right decision was made at the very right time. And yes, I said, well, you know, okay, I've, we were talking about person to finish out. But since I have been in this race, people are saying, and don't say that. Don't say it because you can bring so much to our community. Just say you you thinking or whatever. I said, I'm telling you, I'm thinking or what was my other phrase to you? I can't remember what it was, but is it just wait? The decision right. is still out there. The final decision has not been made. Right, well, qual- qualifying is qualifying is next March. So the clock is ticking. You got till next March. Yeah, next, all right. But, then, but I got three months. Let me see. Yeah, I have about three months. Well, up there. What right. this phrase. But let me take me. I say one other thing. Sure. You know, I, I was telling a group uh, the other night. I said they asked me a question. You know, will I meet with them again? I said, I take this like I took when I was an alderman or whatever. And mayor, I said, your services do not does not stop after January, February, March. Your outreach has to continue to the community. You will never know what the people want or do not want if you don't talk to them. The city has a wonderful track of neighborhood meetings. You may not be able to go to all, but some I can go to, and my doors are always open. Uh, I only have, you know, everybody knows the phone number except for the house phone number because I don't answer it <laughs> most of the time. But yeah, I let me, you know, I think that as a, a representative, your commitment is for your term of office. But every day and every night and every evening of the week, 
Well, Madam Representative, that's still hard, <laughs> still hard for me to say, but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep working at it. But thank you for your time so much, and we'll look forward to seeing you getting sworn in and and taking office up there. Thank you so much, and I hope we get a chance to do this every so often so we can reach the people. I right. love talking to you, and thank you very much. Yeah, well, you. Well, wait and see what those decisions are. You may not want to talk to me sometimes. Uh, Well, we may not always agree. Right. (laughs) All right. You know how I am, Adam. We may not always agree. But one thing about it, we can talk about it. That's right. That's what it's about. We can disagree without being disagreeable. That's right. I learned being guests. Lost art. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Edna. You're so welcome. We'll be right back to recap the rest of Tuesday's election results. There's one go-to stop for Savannah news on the web these days, savannahnow.com. Want the latest on the Kaya House Museum and its future? Visit savannahnow.com. What about Spaceport Camden? savannahnow.com. How about Clay Helton taking over as Georgia Southern's football coach? Uh, You guessed it, savannahnow.com. Our website and mobile app are your connections to the issues and happenings in our city. You can get full access to our digital content for just $1 a month for the next six months. Go to savannahnow.com slash subscribe now and sign up. Again, that's savannahnow.com slash subscribe now. Thanks again to Edna Jackson for taking some time to talk about her District 165 win. And with that, I wanted to talk about everything else that happened on Tuesday. It was a, obviously Edna Jackson captured the, the most headlines, but it was a busy day around the county in terms of races, uh, particularly in municipalities. But before we talk about in, individual municipalities, I wanted to bring in Nancy and Will to talk just a little bit about recapping the day. They were both out in the morning and into the afternoon. And Will, you were kind of our our leader in terms of compiling the the man on the street and the, and the scene setter for this whole thing. If you had to look at this election, and please don't compare it to last year's election because it's apples and oranges, right? But what kind of struck you about this election? Um, it really just, I mean, you know it's not going to have a lot of voters, right? Like turnout was not expected to be high. And it wasn't, you know, like uh, the first couple polling places I went to went over to Savannah High and I was going to like take pictures. I was all geared up. It was my first election day thing of the year. And then it was just me and like four poll workers in in there. I did not see a single voter there. Um, Did see a few more Bible Baptists. But um, one thing that I thought was pretty funny um, just about in terms of turnout is that each we set up reporters uh, kind of all around the county uh, and each almost all of them had a candidate who was there to vote at the thing. So it seems like the candidates were really excited about the election, which I guess you have to be like, I saw and uh, Nancy saw like every person running for garden city out there. Um, and that's all in the vignettes. I thought, I thought that was the most interesting uh, connecting thread between the whole County. It's just that there weren't a lot of people, uh, but there were uh, quite a bit of candidates uh, going to going to vote. I thought I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, an election yeah. this small, if you get yourself and your friends to vote, you, you have a decent chance of winning. Right? 
Yeah. And I, we'll probably hit on this later, but I think that has a lot that has a lot to do with Edna's such a resounding no runoff despite the five candidate race win. It's just the fact that that was the win, you know, getting people to come out, telling your friends and neighbors and uh, even people you don't know and convincing them to actually go out and vote. Because what I found was um, like I posted about it on social media, I held up a little sticker on an Instagram story. And people were like, wait, 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 there's an election today. <laughs> For what? <laughs> In terms of, of municipalities that had the most races and the most at stake, Nancy, you were at the two that, that had the busiest ballots in Garden City and Port Wentworth. What did you what stood out to you out there? Was uh, was the electorate a little bit more engaged? Yeah, um, I mean, at Garden City, like Will said, we saw or I saw most of the candidates running for the District 5 race, which was um, like we had mentioned many times in different stories. It was the most competitive race this election season. Um, There were four candidates for District 5. um, And I saw almost all of the candidates out there just campaigning or at least their supporters um, campaigning for them near the polling place. Um, and I mean, it was a slow start both at Garden City and Port Wentworth, but once it hit, you know, 9 a.m., we started seeing more of a steady trickle of people coming in. Um, I think one of the things that stood out to me at Garden City, though, was that the polling place location had changed for some people, oh, okay. and there was Confused. a lot of... Yeah, there was confusion about that. So um, I think maybe getting that information out to voters is really crucial for next elections. But I mean, I think you'll always have that kind of confusion when you change a polling place. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next time we go to the polls will be a primary for a hotly contested midterm. So you're right. The Board of Elections has has a little bit of their work cut out for them in terms of polling place changes. Now, Nancy, I want to start with a race that, that you covered the front end on. We had another reporter that, there that covered uh, the election on Tuesday night, but that's Bloomingdale and, and specifically Bloomingdale mayor, because as a lot of people know that there was a lot of controversy around this race. The, the incumbent made some uh, racially charged comments in Facebook last year to the point that his fellow colleagues on city council called for his resignation. Of course, he didn't resign. So it was a whole idea of, okay, so he, he's going to run again. What is going to be the outcome? And he got, he got trounced from, from your experience out there covering it pre, were you surprised at, at what you saw in terms of the results on, on Tuesday night or not so much? I mean, I didn't know what I was expecting because during the reporting for that story, um, that preview story on whether or not people are still paying attention to what uh, Ben Roger had said. I didn't get a lot of um, comments about that, you know? Um, And I feel like that mainly has to do with the fact that people don't feel, you know, empowered enough to speak about that situation. Yeah. So that makes sense. But I think the results kind of showed what people wanted in their um, local office. So, I mean, I think it just speaks to how, um, you know, local officials have to pay attention to what they say. And even if it's a small, maybe electorate that cares about a certain situation, um, you know, you shouldn't write it off. The other mayoral race that was contested was in Thunderbolt. And that's another one that, that, you weren't out there on Tuesday, but I know you've, you've kind of been working the last couple of days to, 
to figure out what you can about Dana Williams. That's his name, correct? He knocked off the incumbent uh, Basquette. I think I'm getting both of those correct. What do we know about Williams? How did he pull it off? Um, Well, when I spoke to him today, right before our meeting, um, he had kind of let me know that he spent a lot of time um, reaching out to residents, you know, knocking on doors. He said that he probably talked to almost every resident in Thunderbolt. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a city of about, I want to say, almost 3000 people. Um, So it's not big, but he, I mean, really put in the effort. And he told me that he's also really um, engaged on social media. You know, he lets his constituents know what's going on in council meetings. Um, And yeah, he said that for his term in office as mayor, he wants to continue that open communication um, and really build those bridges with the community again. One last thing for you, Nancy, and that's Port Wentworth. We saw the incumbents get tossed out. These are the same incumbents that refuse to go to participate in a forum. Obviously, Port Wentworth is is a bit of a, uh, it's very uh, volatile. It might be the right way to put it. I used other words, but I don't want to use them in this uh, in this format. But it's their council is is unpredictable. Maybe that's the best way to put it. But what kind of stuck out to you with with the results out of Port Wentworth? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a lot to say for what's been going on in Port Wentworth. Um, a lot of the times, um, the news focuses on the drama of the council, but I think people just really wanted to see change. Um, they wanted to see new faces. Um, the incumbents had kind of ran on an unofficial slate, um, but you know, like you said, they they didn't make the effort to go to the forum, um, citing. Um, conflict of interest, but, you know, people pay attention to things like that. So they want to see people who are engaged with the community again. And I think the maybe biggest issue out there is, you know, industrialization and warehouses going into the neighborhood. So a lot of the, you know, newcomers really doubled down on the fact that they want to temper that industrialization. Um, So, I think people heard that. Yeah, that seemed to be the theme was was the industrial side. And then also the fact that they are a fast growing municipality that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, commercial amenities for the residents. They've grown so fast and that, that and right there along 95 and right there along Georgia 21, which is the main artery that goes out to Effingham County, that, that they've gone from a. Uh, maybe not a flyover, but a drive-through community to a community that that now feels that it has a little bit of volume and needs to have, needs to be probably a little bit more like their neighbor to the south in Pooler. Is that something that you've been hearing a lot from some of the residents? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, Port Wentworth has doubled in size in the past decade, um, but what a lot of the residents have been telling me is that the, you know, commercial amenities has not kept up with that growth. Um, you know, they don't have somewhere that they can change their tires um, is one of, is what one of the um, <laughs> candidates had said. And, you know, they don't have a place to get their teeth cleaned. Um, just basic necessities like that, where they have to go to surrounding communities like Pool or Rinkin just to get to. And as you know, the traffic is getting a lot worse out there. So um, having those needs close to them was really important for the residents of Port Wentworth. 
Will, I want to finish with you. I, I talked with Edna, so I, we've got a lot on hers. But if you had to look at this race, I know that winning it outright was a surprise to some. Not having a runoff, uh, what you were in some of the polling places out there. What did you see? What did you hear in terms of the people that were coming out to vote in that race? I actually saw Edna. Um, <laughs> saw Edna uh, going to vote at Bible Baptist. Didn't really plan it, but that's that's just how it ended up being. Um, and when she was there, I thought it was interesting because if you never met Edna Jackson or been around her, she's uh, very personable. She loves talking to people and she knows everybody, you know, like uh, she's just even people she didn't know. She talked to them like she did know. She was like, are you a new elections worker? So and so. And uh, it's like I hadn't seen you around. Um, and, and 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 I think that that that's why she won. You know, like 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 I was talking about earlier, you know, it's it, it, it's a matter of. For, for Edna, she knows how to, she knows who votes and she knows who to get there. She said uh, she thanked the religious community specifically in Savannah. Um, and I, I imagine that um, she, she went around and visited quite a few pulpits and had um, people on her side speaking from those pulpits. In a lot of cases, just because of her longevity and really right. the, 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 the proven kind of dedication to the community that Edna has and demonstrate as demonstrated. Um, but yeah, the, her winning it outright um, uh, or, or anyone winning it outright straight up was the best thing that could have happened in that race, I think, uh, just because of the close proximity to the redistricting session, which was, you know, her main campaign promise this whole time. Because if she hadn't, then we definitely like even now there's a chance that she won't be there in time to vote. But it's a pretty good chance that she will. But if that, that had gone to um, a runoff between like her and Antoine or her and anybody, that's we don't know until the 30th of November who wins and they're trying to wrap the session up before Thanksgiving. So, um, yeah, the district would have straight up been without representation if, if Edna or anybody else hadn't clinched that 50 plus one. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's what it was like uh, the people that I did talk to, the actual voters in the 165 precincts, that's what they came out to vote for. You know, like they like it was East Plus otherwise. Right. Like that was the only thing on the ballot for I'd say probably most of Chatham County. But yeah, yeah. everybody um, but the Thunderbolt, everybody that but the Thunderbolt people in District 165, that was the only other thing on the ballot. Right. Right. Yeah. But it, that was that was what I saw. It's just people coming out with the explicit reason to vote. And when it's a small election like that, a municipal election, the, you know, they're not coming out to like, hmm, I wonder who it'll be, like go down the list or anything. They're going out because like, I'm voting for Ed, I'm voting for Antoine, I'm voting for, you know, whoever. Um, and, and I think that really showed in just like the, it was a pretty, it wasn't, it still wasn't a great turnout. I think it was like, I want to say the number was five, 145 or something like that, around 5,000 people. Out of, out of a 60,000 resident district, right? That's true. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that's just that just kind of goes to show what how different the campaigning and how different the message has to be for local elections compared to, you know, your big national races, even though and even I don't know, this is just my little pet peeves. Like these are the people who set your life like that's right. They have have more influence. The president, very little. However, you know, it's just such a popular thing to vote for. I don't know. I could talk all day about the importance of the municipal election versus the federal, but uh, municipal elections over and midterms are coming. So, yeah, well, like we said, the next one will be much, much busier. I would expect the turnout to be. Uh, yeah, maybe five or six times what it was, but we've got some time to prepare for it. And thanks to both of you. you did great work this week uh, and also not just this week, but in previewing it and getting all our readers educated and uh, really appreciate your work and your time. Thanks for joining me today. 
hey, you, we appreciate you too, Adam. Yeah, thanks, Adam. That's all for the Thursday Commute Podcast. Thanks again to our presenting sponsor, National Office Systems. For more interviews with local newsmakers, check out the Commute Archives by searching The Commute with that Savannah Opinion. We'll talk to you again Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend. 